2: Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter New York Giants podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nick Pilato. Tonight we come to you for the second consecutive week after a New York Giants victory. Wow, crazy to be saying that in a season like this one where they actually have won two consecutive games. but Those were the only other two games they won. Did the Giants just effectively lose out on Chase Young? Yeah, most likely. I mean, there's one scenario open where they could still potentially get that number two pick. And that is what it's going to take to get Chase Young. This is not some maybe Chase Young will be the number two pick kind of draft. No, no, no. Chase Young is a generational player. He will be the second pick in this draft unless somebody falls in love with Tua, which is a possibility we'll talk about over the next few months. But did the Giants also just witness the third zero interception performance by a rookie quarterback? Yeah. And are people completely overlooking the fact that rookie quarterbacks in the NFL don't really ever come close to a 23 touchdown to 11 interception ratio through 11 games in a rookie season? Yeah, they are. I mean, we can look at these and we can qualify them. and We can say a receiver did this, a receiver did that. Somebody was open here that blah, blah, blah. But I mean, you can just look at the raw situation and it's not great for Daniel Jones this season. The offensive line is okay. It's not good. It's really bad if you look at it, especially in some injuries. And most of his offensive skill position guys, and he does have a good cast, I believe, have been in and out of the lineup, and. Yet he continues to put the ball in spots to move the offense and to create big plays and to score touchdowns. So essentially what I'm saying is there are negatives and there are positives to his performance, Nick. So let's start with a negative. I mean, I'm sorry, a positive because the negative is Jace Young. The positive is Daniel Jones' performance. So dive right in.
1: Yeah, the whole Chase Young thing, that's uh, very upsetting to most of Giant Nation right now. But these guys are going to go out there. They're going to play to win. And that's what you're going to do in a professional setting. But as for Daniel Jones, I mean, can't say enough about him in this season. And I know the detractors will still take away from him because they did not think that he was worth That value in the draft, as Dan and I both have admitted on this podcast, neither did we, but I still think people have the egg on their face and they're going to knock him for all those fumbles and just calculate all the turnovers that he has had and use that against, even though he has a really good touchdown to interception ratio. And he has these types of games where he throws multiple touchdown passes. We're talking 352 yards and five touchdowns in this game against the Washington Redskins in their house in order to get this win. Daniel Jones was doing it in all different kinds of ways. He had a running game to lean on, which is something that we have not seen this entire time. And we also saw Pat Shermer in this game utilize Saquon Barkley in more creative ways. Dan, we haven't seen this. At all the entire season he would do it like once maybe twice but this time he used him up the seam on that one touchdown that Jones recognized that busted coverage used him in the screen game kind of like the Eagles have been doing against the Cowboys and the Giants in the last couple weeks so I'm liking the fact that Shermer finally realized hey we have Saquon Barkley we can utilize him in these different kinds of manners in order to uh, get leads and freaking win games something that at this point it doesn't really matter and actually is sort of towards a hindrance but it's good to see this young team get together and get a win even though i'm not gonna lie deep down man i was like oh chase young you know i it, it was it was uh definitely on my mind throughout the entire game but daniel jones good to see him get these five touchdowns many different ways and utilizing guys like cody latimer because darius Slayton was hurt in this game utilizing Caden smith a rookie so i'm uh i'm very high on what i just saw from daniel jones
2: yeah and i don't blame you nick i mean listen people are going to qualify this performance by daniel jones because they qualified every single thing he's done his rookie season that's just how it's going to be for somebody who was deemed to be one of the worst draft picks for all this things blah 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 you know he has stats that aren't backed by pff and grading services like the like there's a lot of fumbles on his rookie season albeit some that weren't his fault but This is also the beauty of a quarterback like Daniel Jones, and it's that he's super efficient. He's efficient with where he wants to go with the football. He's efficient with his ball placement. And these aren't givens in the NFL from the quarterback position. And the reason they're not givens is because you don't see quarterbacks like him in their rookie season or not in their rookie season, in any season, having three games through uh, three of 11 games because he's only started 11 games for the Giants with four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and and this game it was more than four it was five touchdowns a game winning touchdown in overtime just making it look super easy to drive right down the field against the Redskins defense that many people will say isn't very good and maybe it's not maybe they didn't play great today but coming into this game this Redskins defense has been pretty damn solid they held the Eagles last week lost the game late on a late touchdown drive by Philadelphia they've held a lot of teams in recent weeks ever really since turning the job over to Bill Callahan from Gruden and they've become a solid defense. And Daniel Jones just, you know, lit him up. That's the only way to look at it. 354 yards passing, minimal incomplete passes, a few drops in there, a lot of big plays. The play you mentioned to Saquon Barkley was an excellent job by Jones to create a playoff script, reset his feet, and deliver a football on a rope, pretty much, to Barkley for an easy touchdown. The ball to Shepard was awesome. A few of the balls that he got out of in third and long situations were great. The drop pass by Tate which was a big one, I think. I mean, it was... 20-yard pass that was taken off the sack sheet as well and added to an incomplete pass. And just, you know, that could have been the difference in him getting over that 375-yard mark. He hit to 354. So, I mean, this is as good as it gets for a rookie quarterback, guys and girls. I mean, anyone listening to this podcast, like, you're not going to get five touchdowns, no interceptions, and 354 with minimal incomplete passes. It doesn't matter how you get them versus who. So, for me, this is the biggest takeaway from the Did The Giants lose out on Chase Young, sure, but i come away from this game really positive about the development of Daniel Jones, especially when you consider the off weeks, right, Nick? I mean, this is a guy that was coming off of an injury, a high ankle sprain they thought would maybe cost him four weeks, ended up costing him two, and he looked no worse for the wear. He didn't show much rust in this game. So that kind of leads me, Nick, to my next question for you, and it's kind of like, okay, Jones is impressing, he's improving, the Giants are still playing hard, so in your mind, does this game, or does this recent turnaround, does anything you've seen, kind of lead you to, I guess maybe give some hope, some leeway, some to the potential ability of Pat Shermer returning to the Giants franchise as their head coach in 2020? Or are you thinking along the lines of me in the sense of how could this guy almost blow another double-digit touchdown lead in the fourth quarter? Obviously the Giants won, but he nearly blew it again.
1: What uh, are your I, thoughts? I don't believe Pat Shermer will be back with this team. I. Look back to the beginning of the season when John Mara and Steve Tisch went out and said, "This I will assess at the end of the season where this team is at and see if there's going to be progress." There's obviously has not been progress this season, and you can look at Gettleman, you can look at Shermer, and first you're gonna look at Gettleman. Gettleman's gonna be like, "Well, look." They haven't progressed. My draft classes haven't progressed as well. There's been a lot of coaching errors, which have been well-documented throughout this entire season. We've discussed it at length on this podcast, and I believe that Pat Shermer will be gone. And I do look at it the same way you do. I mean, you go into halftime with a two-touchdown lead. You're up 28-14. to 14. You come out. You force a punt on the first, the first uh, Redskins drive there, and then you just go in three and out. Uh, you, the play action rollout. I think Matt Ioannidis uh, went up um, against Daniel Jones there and flushed him out of the pocket. And then there was a short pass to Saquon Barkley that was that was tackled well as well, forced another punt. And then the Redskins come right down the field and score. And I thought at that point, I'm okay. Well, Giants might end up losing this game. But then there was a five play drive where Daniel Jones drove the team right down the field and ended up getting the touchdown to Caden Smith. And then they forced a punt. But what happened? Special teams not playing complementary football. You get a blocked punt and you get a missed field goal right there to make that score 35 to 28 and set up that 14-play drive that the Redskins executed in order to force the overtime. And when you don't play complementary football, these kind of things are going to happen. And We have not seen the New York Giants under Pat Shermer play complementary football too often. That's why this team is, has been abysmal, whether it's the defense, whether it's the special teams, whether it's the offense not being able to put up points. That's the story of this team, and it almost came to fruition here in Washington, and the one time when Giants fans are kind of like, you know what, if there's a game to lose New York, let's lose this one, the Giants go and they win that game. So I, I do look at it from a similar light as you, as the fact that they almost did end up blowing this game despite trying incredibly hard to win it, obviously.
2: Yeah, and like long term, I don't really care what any Giants fan says to me or you or to any of us during this week. This is a bad thing for the Giants long term. To win this game is not good for the Giants franchise. It's just not. There's no one in this draft like Chase Young. Losing this game would have gotten them Chase Young because they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna beat the Eagles next week. I think they might give them a really good game with Daniel Jones in, but I think the Eagles are pl- are gonna play hard for the division and have more to play for. But you know, and they you know fewer injuries, fewer attrition at this point than the t- Giants team like this, but. It's not good. I mean, long term, it's not good for this team. But at the same time, that's kind of not how I'm looking at it. More so like you, Nick, I'm looking at it like, okay, well, the Giants had 552 yards of total offense. That's absurd. The Redskins had just 361 yards of total offense, 552 versus 361. And yet the Giants had to win this game in overtime. I mean, That's not a well-coached game. You can't look at a game where the Giants have eight yards per play average and the other team has 5.4 yards per play average and look at it as a game that should have been close. And yet the Giants found a way to make this a close game. And I think, you know, coaching plays a factor for sure. But really, this guy just doesn't have it, Pat Shermer. I think we know that by now. So for me, I'm not really moving. This game didn't really move move the needle for me in that direction. But how about Saquon Barkley, Nick, because – You know, it wasn't just Daniel Jones who made history today becoming the third quarterback in NFL history joining Fran Tarkenton and Deshaun Watson as the only quarterbacks who have had three games or more of three of, I'm sorry, four touchdowns and zero interceptions. And also, in the same time, he became the first rookie quarterback. And that's for rookie quarterbacks, by the way, Nick. And he became the first rookie quarterback to ever throw for 350 and five touchdowns with no interceptions in a game. So. He made history today, but so did Saquon Barkley, Nick, because he broke the Giants franchise record with 227 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns. So let's talk about Barkley's best game in the 2019 season. I think we can both agree on that. And let's talk about us having the ability now to erase the narrative that Barkley was running better with Eli Manning in the lineup and that Barkley's recent success and his recent surge was independent or i'm sorry was dependent on eli manning because i think we're starting to see now in this game it wasn't
1: no it wasn't i mean he got the rock in this game too. 22 carries for 189 yards and that's what you want to see from the second year running back i mean he had the 67 yard run for a touchdown in the first quarter and then he had the 33 yard pass from daniel jones up the seam that's being used in both phases something that we've complained like we talked about just before with pat Shermer, that he has not done enough he's able to be utilized in that manner and he was just hitting the hole decisively and fast and he was showing that explosive ability that we've kind of missed a bunch of long runs getting past the first level and just beating linebackers utilizing his stiff arm utilizing his power his agility making people and defensive backs just look like fools out there just like he did last week against the Miami Dolphins so it just seems like it wasn't just the Eli Manning narrative he's running really well behind this offensive line at the moment and Washington's run defense isn't Terrible. They have Jonathan Allen. They have Deron Payne, those two Alabama boys that they have in the middle of that defense who are incredibly talented. They have some guys who are pretty solid against the run. And Barkley was able to just show a lot of burst at the first level and at the second level and utilize his athletic ability and his speed to outrun those defensive backs and be able to kind of have this huge game. And kind of propel the giants along with daniel jones to victory hopefully we see these two keep propelling this team to victory in the future but um i was uh i was really intrigued by what i saw from barkley on this uh in this game
2: yeah i saw a running back who made an incredible play on that touchdown run and reminded me of his big yeah. touchdown run against the Redskins last year in Washington. It's so funny. Maybe he just has something that really gets him going or whatever it is at FedEx field. I mean, it's probably a, a number of factors, but once he got to that second level and had that one-on-one with the safety, it was vintage 2018 rookie of the year, Barkley, non-injured, you know, no worry of this high ankle sprain that plagued him early in the year. He destroyed that safety in space. And then he just broke away for a touchdown. He was awesome. Um, Saquon Barkley today looked like a player who, you know, I'm still not going to support ever taking a running back at two, but somebody who can flip your franchise and give you an identity on the offensive side of the ball that can, you know, help a quarterback like Daniel Jones or anyone really coming up uh, in their early years, seasons one through three. So that was really important to see that development today. What did you make of the Giants off the line in this game? Daniel Jones was sacked just one time in this game. I felt like he had Pretty strong pockets throughout. Nick Gates had to come in because Reimers got hurt. He actually had to flip to right tackle because Zeitler's back at right guard. Um, I thought he played well in kind of mop-up duty there at the tackle position. Obviously, I thought the right side in general played really well in this game. Even Nate Solder had a pretty strong game, I thought. What did you make of the offensive line, Nick?
1: I felt well, the offensive line held up well against this team. I mean, they have a couple of young pass rushers like Montez Sweat, Ryan Anderson, guys like that who are pretty solid in this league. And the one sack that they did give up was to Tim Settle. And it was just Daniel Jones stepping up in the pocket and kind of just tripping up. And it didn't even matter because they ended up getting that unnecessary roughness penalty on that play. The Redskins, that is when uh, I think it was Hamilton, went high on Jones after he got up on that one play. But I thought the offensive line with Nick Gates in there after Remmers went down played very, very well along with Zeitler, who was back from the injury, and then obviously everybody else, Jalapio and Solder and Hernandez. But uh, I, uh, they were opening holes. They were giving Daniel Jones a lot of time to throw the football, and they only surrendered that one sack on the road. So, I mean, definitely something that I'm looking forward to seeing. I, want, I would like to see how this team, yeah. how the Redskins were utilizing the stunts and twists and things along those lines, something that we've seen the Giants kind of be shoddy on in the past. I want to see how they did that on the All-22, but in this game, they, uh, they looked really well from the broadcast angle.
2: Yeah, I mean, and you're right. Listen, Nick, we got to see the all-22 when it comes to the offensive line. For the most part, that's where we're going to get most of what we're taking away from their performance. Um, but I think you bring up a good point. I mean, there is some talent on this Redskins defensive front, without a doubt, and the Giants handled them pretty well. So, very impressed with that group today um, in this performance. How about Caden Smith? I mean, becoming a red zone guy, right? He's become, he got caught the game-winning overtime touchdown. Caught another red zone touchdown from Jones. Clearly, can get open in those tight spaces. Do you think that, you know, the Giants are finding someone who's going to be a part of this offense moving forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, we all, we're we not sure Pat is going to be back, obviously. More than likely he right. won't be, but Pat Shermer does like to use some 12 personnel if he has the competent tight ends to do so and right now he does i feel like because Caden smith has shown well as a number two tight end and i want to applaud him on a couple of the blocks that he threw in this game i mean we've kind of hit him for his blocks in the earlier podcasts because he wasn't as good in some previous games but i want to say there are two consecutive runs in the first quarter one of them being the really long saquon barkley run for a touchdown that he threw key blocks on where he was able to stay in front of his guy drive him off the line of scrimmage and just do enough to allow Saquon to get into space. So he was doing it in both of those phases. I mean, as a receiver with the touchdowns and, uh, from blocking for Saquon Barkley at the line of scrimmage against some pretty stout people at the point of attack. So Caden Smith had a really, really good game. and is really kind of showing us, you know, red Ellison does not need to be on this roster and we can save that money next year. Yeah, exactly. I
2: think that's probably the biggest takeaway. And you nailed it, Nick. It's that giants have the luxury now to move on from Ellison Create some cap space by releasing him this off season. In addition to a lot of guys that are going to release this off season, and create cap space. It's Ellison, it's Kareem Martin, it's Alec Ogletree. You know, they've already cleared Geno's Jenkins from the cap. So, and those are just a few names. I mean, there's going to be a big, 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 big cap clearance coming this this off season for some of these veterans. Um. But I think that they really are onto something here with Caden Smith, and I'm really intrigued by his development. And it's really an exciting development for a roster that needs gem type, you know, late round, undrafted, whatever type guys to to be, you know, to look forward to as potential building blocks for a franchise that certainly needs as many building blocks as they can get as we move forward. Um, you know through the 2020 offseason beyond because obviously we all know at this point Nick it's a long-term process for the Giants and not necessarily because things can turn around fast for jo- with a quarterback like Jones who's clearly developing fa- at a faster rate but if it's going to turn around it's going to be because guys like Caden Smith come up out of undrafted free agency or wherever the Giants found him from I, I believe he's actually a six-round pick and turned him into something that can be a lot more than that so on the flip side of the ball Nick I wanted to get your overall takeaway on the Giants defense that you know did allow 35 points the Redskins were five of five in the red zone all all five of the red zone trips resulted in touchdowns they had only three and I guess only quote unquote I guess in a 41-35 game 361 yards of total offense so that's you know nothing crazy nothing terrible there but what did you make of the performance for me the people who I thought stood out the most I guess, and an, an a bit was surprising to me, were B.J. Hill, who I thought had his most active and impactful game, and then Lorenzo Carter as well. Those are the two that stood out to me that I kind of wrote notes on as I was watching the game, Nick, just to kind of like remember to talk about them. I know Carter and Hill both in the stat sheet combined for two and a half sacks, so they, that was part of the reason, but I thought they were overall pretty active. What did you make? What did you take away from the Giants' defense in this game?
1: both those names Lorenzo Carter and we've been calling him out because we feel like he hasn't developed uh as well as a lot of the other people from the 2018 class has developed so I look at Lorenzo Carter a guy who has a lot of those raw traits coming out of Georgia and he had the Patriots game this year where he showed up in a big manner and then he's been relatively quiet but in this game he was able to get one and a half sacks and just kind of get pressure the one sack he beat Donald Penn around outside Haskins stepped up in the pocket and and he was able to just kind of finish the play with one of those more – it was one of those plays where you think the quarterback should have got rid of the ball. But still, Lorenzo Carter did not give up on the play. And then the play where Haskins got hurt, he was also in on that sack. So he's winning 1v1 at um, – minimal rate it's not as quick as some of the bigger pass rushers in the league or anything like that one of those one two punch combos it's more uh grit and maybe the quarterback held on the ball too long that was just what happened in this specific game but just the fact that he was able to get on the stat sheet and make his impact be felt by the opposing offense is something that i love to see from lorenzo carter keep building upon that as for bj hill he had the big tackle i want to say it's around the goal line and then he uh we got an ad going up (laughs) yeah sorry about that it's all good as for bj hill bj hill had the one sack and it was just good to see him kind of defeat the blocks and actually get the stats because we see him get on the field in a minimal manner he's been playing around 20 snaps or something along those lines since leonard williams have come along and him not get the stats but still make positive plays and in this game he kind of jumped out a little bit more you saw him a little bit more and i'm glad to see that because him make the most of these uh situations that he has not been on the he has not been able to do because he's not on the field as often because the rotation is so deep. So the sack was really good. Also, I want to say he had one big tackle for a loss that uh, jumped out as well.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he was active all game and he was somebody who's going to be under contract for cheap next year. So it's really good to see him get going in this. And then, you know, Carter is uh, really, these are all a bunch of guys who can contribute to an improved defense next year. If they get a big piece on that defense, that's still what this defense needs in my mind. It was what Chase Young was going to give them. We'll see who, what they can do to kind of combat that. But I'm still kind of along the lines of looking at, on the defensive side of the ball, really, with that premium blue-chip pick that they're going to end up getting, regardless of how Week 17 plays out. But what did you make of the progress for this, for this young cornerback group, uh, the Giant secondary, and then also Julian Love as well in the secondary?
1: Yeah, I think they showed a lot of grit because DeAndre Baker left the game briefly with a knee injury early on. Sam Beal hurt his shoulder or his neck early on in the game, so it seemed like they were getting really decimated. But DeAndre Baker was able to come back, and he played well. I mean, he was knocking some of the balls away, getting his hand in the way uh, of the uh, receiver at the catch point and kind of just being disruptive, and I think he took a penalty or two as well. So that's something that DeAndre Baker has done sometimes he gets there a little bit too early but uh i feel like they didn't take any steps backwards from what they've been showing us including julian love but again i want to see because i want to see he he jumped out at me as missing a tackle i can't remember exactly when i wanted to just notice it just because the last two games with julian love he's really really impressed me but there's always once or twice in a game where he has an open field tackle situation and he misses it at least that's what's just jumped out once or twice i'm not saying it's a huge knock on him but it's definitely something that's become a trend if that did happen in this game so i want to catch the all 22 for that
2: yeah that'll be something we'll figure out more when we uh have a chance to dive into the all 22 but was there anyone else kind of on this defensive side of the ball that that caught your attention on just a broadcast angle
1: i mean leonard williams still i saw him get in there a couple times marcus golden had the half sack he he always just kind of jumping out dalvin tomlinson had a couple tackles for losses that uh popped out on the page as well. So, I mean, it's kind of the same guys that we always talk about. Etuan uh, Bethay getting it down as in that alley defender and kind of just bringing the boom, things along those lines. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, uh it seemed like Mayo was around a little bit more because Alec Ogletree went down with that injury, which uh forced Dale Buchanan to play more, which, honestly, yeah. I think a lot of Giant fans would rather see Daniel Buchanan out there than Alec Ogletree. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then there's Corey Ballantyne, man, who is just the guy to get picked on. That's that's the weak link of this defense right now, and they whether it's a Sims character, whomever the fuck uh, the the offense has to use against this Giants defense, they're going to attack the slot, and they're going to attack Corey Ballantyne, and that uh, happened in this game as well as it's been happening since he's been seeing significant snaps.
2: Yeah, I mean, on the negative side of it, yeah, when we look at this deeper on the All-22, I think Corey Ballantyne will clearly stand out as a guy that they, you know, picked apart and took advantage of uh, on the offensive side of the ball for Washington. And, and, and smartly, because, you know, he's making that jump from D2. It's not happening as fast as some would have hoped. But on the positive side, I mean, listen, Keon Buchanan was third in in tackles for the Giants, or actually second in tackles for second. He had a quarterback hit. I mean, he's a more active and effective player, I think, at this point than Alec Ogletree. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants defense plays better football next week with him playing a key role over Ogletree at that second level. Um, Before we, you know, wrap this thing up, Nick, is there anything else you, you wanted to touch on Really on special teams, Giants defense, offense that we didn't get a chance to get to, or any anything else in that regard?
1: Uh no, not not necessarily. Just more we, like always waiting for that all 22.
2: Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And we'll get we're gonna get dive into that later this week. Kind of before we sign off, Nick, I kinda of wanna get your overall feel for you know where the Giants are at as a franchise right now. Do you feel like this is kind of a status quo in or do you feel like maybe this can kind of shift the tide in the direction moving back toward okay maybe we do keep pat Shermer and dave Gettleman, or even just you know we've already talked Shermer, but gettelman let's say for the 2020 offseason
1: i was never really sold on the fact that Gettleman was gonna go like i thought like his seat is hot but i didn't think the giants were, were going to part ways with him because that is incredibly premature to do when he has done some good things i know a lot of giant fans don't want to hear that but when it comes to drafting he's done pretty well you can say what you want about free agency and the trades that he's made very head-scratching or the fact that he may have he does not understand opportunity cost and he may have left a lot of draft capital on the table to draft some of the guys that he's quote-unquote loved yes those things can be annoying but he has nailed a couple drafts and i don't see the Giants parting ways with him but i I do believe Shermer will be gone and that's going to kind of start that whole thing where gentleman and needs to get a coach that he really likes or you're going to have one of those things where it's going to be a not a not a cohesive environment, which is something that we have the Giants have to avoid. So it, it, there's a lot of storylines going into this uh, off season that the Giants are going to have surrounding them over there at MetLife. And it's going to be interesting to kind of just uh, kind of parse through all that bullshit.
2: It will be interesting, Nick. And I think, you know, as obviously both me and you have kind of turned the page on the Pat Shermer era, regardless of where this ends up. And, you know, even regardless of what I'm about to say, I do want to give him credit. And this doesn't mean I want him here again in 2020 or 2021 and beyond that. But I do want to give him credit for how this offense has kind of developed under Jones because even today in a game like this where they really just racked up yardage, almost 600 yards of total offense, is insane. And it was balanced. It was 100, It was 206 on the ground and it was – 350 46 or 352 in the air like 8.4 yards per attempt and the Giants completed passes to six different receivers in this game you had a really nice even rounded number there with their top three with Tate Barkley and Shepard all guys creating plays and, and creating yardage Cody Latimer even got involved Kaden Smith like we said in the red zone so I really like where this offense is headed I think it's headed in a positive direction and I think Regardless of who the coach is going to be, if they do move on from Shermer, I do have a good feeling that this offense is headed in the right direction under Daniel Jones. And I think if you could tell me that the Giants would get guaranteed Chase Young, right? If, like, let's say we, we fast-forwarded this, Nick, back to week three when Daniel Jones was named the starter over Eli Manning. If you could tell me that at this point in the year I was guaranteed number two pick or the number, whatever it is, is, let's the number two pick, and it was Chase Young, but Daniel Jones has... 11 touchdown passes and and 28 interceptions, or let's say like 15, 20, right? Like, and he doesn't look the way he's looking today. And in games like this against the Lions and the Jets, where he's really just lit it up from a passing standpoint, I feel like I'd be happier with the long, with the future and the health of this franchise in this scenario, where they lose out on a rare prospect like Jace Young, but their quarterback actually looks like somebody who can win football games with, you know, The right fit for him around in the roster. Where do you stand on that?
1: No, I mean, I think uh, the fact that Daniel Jones has progressed the way he has – and this team has sucked so bad that they could almost land a generational pass rusher. I think that's an <laughs> awesome combination. So, uh, But at the same time, I do believe the Giants played themselves, as we already said on this podcast, played themselves out of that chance. And okay. you can't fault the team. You can't fault the coaching staff. You can't really fault anybody for it. It's the way it is. But it's just one of those things that you, we're probably going to look back at it as a fan base and be like, that fucking sucks.
2: Yeah, it is what it is. But. I can't, you can't worry about that now. I think it, overall you got to be happy with where they're at with yeah. the quarterback position. In the end, that's the most important position. The rest can fall into place as long as you have some competency uh, with the management. And we'll see. I still think there's time to tell there. This is going to be a big offseason, guys. This is going to be really big, even bigger than the last two, because now they have the quarterback and now they have the rookie contract for the rookie quarterback, tick, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. You know, it's time to get moving. This roster has to start winning. This team has to start winning games and it's not really, it really has to be as soon as next season and they can do it. There are changes they can make this off season in, you know, combination with the development that you hope you'll get from Jones in the second season that can lead this team to a potential playoff berth next season. I do still believe that with where i'm at on daniel jones development so
1: so uh Der- derrick brown to the giants
2: <laughs> please dear god not another interior defensive line and Derek brown by the way is a hell of a player
1: he's a freaking he's beast deep. but the he joke-
2: might he's like the be- he might be the best player in this class not named chase young depending on where you stand on burrow but like and yet i have no interest in the giants taking him they would, <laughs> where would they put him but And just for those who don't know, he's an unbelievable interior defensive guy from Auburn um, who's going to be, you know, draft in the top 10 somewhere, but hopefully not the Giants. But, you know, we'll see where we go. I, I really feel like I tweeted today, Nick, and I said I do kind of feel like it's trade down or bust, but only because I'm such a big believer in the theory of trading down. I mean,
1: yeah, let's I, I couldn't agree more with you, but let's just put some names out there for Giants fans who are listening if they aren't draft followers. Names would just be Isaiah Simmons, Andrew Thomas, who is the offensive tackle from Georgia. Isaiah Simmons is the linebacker from Clemson. Tristan Worfs, who is the offensive tackle from Iowa. I think those are just some names that are going to be floated around this team. You're still going to yeah. get the Jerry Judy, the wide receiver from Alabama as well.
2: Yeah, and listen d- – there's no telling me and Nick may fall in love with the prospect and we get a chance to break him down. But, and if Dave Gellman is GM, he's going to fall in love with the prospect. I don't expect to trade down. I'd be stunned if he trades down, even though I do believe it's the right move for the franchise, but hopefully it will be a player that me and Nick are both on board with. If not, then we'll root for the best because listen, Daniel Jones is a player that neither Nick or I was expecting or hoping the Giants would take in this draft class. And we've both been pleasantly surprised. So you never know where it can go. And right now I think, All things overall are positive for the Giants when you consider the play of their rookie quarterback. And in the end, when you consider the importance of the play of the rookie quarterback versus all other things going on on any roster at any time, it's a good time right now. To, to look forward to some potential positive changes moving forward for the Giants franchise and simple as that we do appreciate you guys tuning in with us obviously we're going to bring you the quick takeaways the breakdowns of this Giants football team we got a lot to talk about this offseason we have big plans we got guests who are coming on the show we're going to be breaking down free agency the draft we probably won't be getting to the all 22 this week um, we might touch on it I think what we're planning to do is because we're still going to break it down me and Nick we've talked to all pod but we're probably going to couple that into next week's podcast when we break down the Giants regular season finale because obviously you know we usually do the all 22 breakdown um, on Tuesday or Wednesday and it's going to be Christmas Eve and Christmas so hopefully you guys are all enjoying the holidays and and we will be too so it's unlikely on those days but you can look forward to probably our next pod being coming uh, on Sunday where we'll kind of combine the reactions of the Eagles game the final game of the regular season and what we learned from the all 22 takeaways of Daniel Jones and everyone else in this Washington game But on that note, like I said, thank you again for tuning in with us. We love you guys, our audience, and I hope all of you have a Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you guys celebrate, happy holidays to all.